Our God is a healer. He is the healer. Amen? Amen. And we are not going to stop praying. We're not going to stop battling. We're not going to stop asking. We're not going to stop going for it. We are going to go for everything that God has for us. Because quite frankly, without everything He has for us, it's not worth going a whole lot further. Come on. Children, you may be dismissed for Sunday school. Hallelujah. Who here serves a mighty God? Amen. Hallelujah. My son Justin had um, this, the Spirit gave him a, some thoughts this morning. Someone, and I'm not going to ask you to stand at all, I'm just going to read this out, but somebody with hearing trouble, either physical or spiritual, and it might even be both. I saw a person who had cotton swabs stuffed inside their ears, and God was pulling out those cotton swabs, and the people were able to hear. So God said, just... He is removing that which is blocking and impairing his ability to hear him and his voice. Amen? So if that's you, I release hearing in the name of Jesus. And then he also said this, someone who needs joy. <laughs> the Spirit is a spirit of joy. One of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Amen? Amen? I'm not even going to tell you any jokes. But God is a whole lot funnier than I am. Hmm. I, I've got a couple things. I, I want to take a couple moments and go over what, what we experienced in worship this morning. There was a strong, powerful presence of God here this morning. And I want to take a couple moments. I, I want to show you something. You have a lot to play in res with respect to God's moving. You have a lot and a part to play in that. I want to go back to that passage in, in Psalm 84 that Olivia shared. And I want to read this. There's just three verses here. And the psalmist is writing, he says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, even singing your praise. Huh, that was us this morning. That was us this morning. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. And then listen to this. This I found interesting. God just pointed this out to me this morning. As they go through the valley of Baca, who goes through the valley of Baca? They, you and me. As you and I go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Not God, you. You make it a place of springs. 
I just that jumped out at me this morning because, and and there are pers- there there are other verses where it says God makes the the the, the the valley and the, and the dry place he makes abundant with rain and streams. But here it says, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of spring. You have a part to play, and everywhere you go should be affected for the good. Quit making excuses for your ineffectiveness and blaming it on God. I've done that. Well, I guess God doesn't want to. No, God wants to do something, but he puts it on me. And you, wherever you go, people should be affected and they should say, you know what, this used to be a dry place, but this person came in and all of a sudden life started to happen. They might not put it together immediately. Peter walked down the street. And I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God for the HD DVD on this, the heavenly definition of the DVD. And, and, and I, I want to watch this the first time Peter walked down the street and his shadow healed somebody. Can you imagine what happened? Like, how many times did he go down the street before they realized people were getting healed? Because when I read the Bible, it doesn't say it just happened once. How did they figure out that the cloth that Paul had, that his sweat dripped on or the anointing came on it, how did they figure out that that had an effective power to heal somebody when they sent it away? You have something to do. You have something to give into the life of other people. I, 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 I watch my shadow. I watch my shadow. I'm walking down the street and I saw a guy limping and I'm figuring, I'm looking out and I'm going, which way is the sun going right now? Well, I mean, if Peter could do it, maybe David can too. Come on. I always go for the ridiculous. Hallelujah. Sister Patty, thank you for for sharing this morning. And, And as Pastor Daniel said, the gift of tongues and the interpretation, God is parting the heavens for you. Who here has been crying out saying, God, would you please, like, open the tap? It's like, come on now. He's parting the heaven. Ask. These are a couple of the words I wrote down there. Ask and I will answer. Call one more time. And what is the purpose of these words that we've had? The purpose of the gift isn't to build up the person. The, pers- the purpose of the gift is to build up the body. 
that is the first main gift and purpose of the gift. There are other purposes. But when somebody moves in the gifting of God, it's not to lift themselves up. What it is is to build you up. That's the purpose. Every gift that you have, a tree doesn't say, look at my apples. A tree just bears apples, and everybody that takes from that gets the benefit. Amen. My message this morning is titled, Jesus is Willing. And if you could turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, or chapter 4, sorry, Luke chapter 4. I want to read, I've got about seven passages here. I'm not sure if I'm going to read them all. But I want you, I want to build your faith this morning to have an expectation of what Jesus can do for you. Jesus is willing. He's not intimidated by your place, by your mess, by your mix-up. He's not intimidated by what you're going through. He's not intimidated by the mistakes. He interrupted Paul on the way to torture other believers, and he interrupted him, and he says, I've got something for you. He's not intimidated. And I want to build your faith this morning. I believe there's going to be some healing today. I believe for James. Melissa, you are a strong woman. And you don't sit there alone. You are not alone. I have a little bit of an idea what you're going through. And if I could say anything to everybody here, send her a message. Send her a message. Private messenger. Build her up. Speak words of life. That was a good place for an amen. Luke 4. I want to read this verse here, starting in verse 38. Jesus arose, and he left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. I, this amazes me. We usually call in sick. She didn't get the call in sick. Immediately it leaves her, and what does she do? She goes and serves. I cannot wait for people to send me messages, and I've had them send me messages saying, I'm not feeling well today. And I can't wait for them to get back the message saying, be healed in the name of Jesus, and I rebuke that. And then I see them 20 minutes later in church. We're going to be known as the ridiculous church. And now she serves them. And then verse 40, now when the sun was setting, listen to this. I want you to follow along with this. All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them 
and healed them. It didn't matter to Jesus. He healed them. Demons also came out of many, crying, you are the son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Let's go over to chapter 5, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And that word full of leprosy, some passages just say ravaged with leprosy or just loaded with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And Immediately. I love that word, immediately. I'd like to say it with an English accent. And immediately. Uh, maybe that's not. I, I don't know. I, I better not butcher the English language. I just like to say, immediately. The leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one but to go and show himself to the priest and make an offering for his cleansing as Moses commanded for proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Jesus is willing. In a few minutes, I'm going to close the service, and I'm going to ask if there's anybody here that needs healing. I figure if Jesus can do it, and I'll show you in a few minutes, he had others do it. I'm, I'm going to sign up, and if I fall, I'm going to fall forward, and I'm going to fall trying. You'll never see a result if you never try. And I can't sit back watching people with sicknesses and illnesses and diseases and torment and unrest, and I can't sit back and say, God bless you, have a great day, and see you off without giving it everything I've got to see you touched by power of God and healed. Luke chapter 6. I'm keeping this real easy for you. I'm just staying in the book of Luke. So once you find Luke, you're not going to get confused. Just stay in Luke. Look in Luke. Chapter 6. Verses 17 to 19. This is interesting. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Can you imagine? They came to be healed. They didn't, and this is interesting, they didn't come for prayer. They came for healing. I have no problem praying for people, but sometimes it's like, can you just pray for me? No, can you actually, I want to stretch you. Can you lay your hands on me and be healed? Theologically, I'm still figuring that one out, but it's in the Bible. He who came to hear him to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. 
I mean, he walked around and people touched him and healing happened. So we see Peter had a shadow issue. Paul had, had a tissue or a, a fabric thing that people, and here people are just touching Jesus. Can you imagine the power that is effective and resident within the power of God that you can just get around somebody and touch them and they were healed? When you walk into a restaurant, do you actually think you are making a difference in that restaurant? When you sit down and the wait, waiter or waitress comes to take your order or to greet you, do you actually think that you are leaving a deposit in that person? Do you think that they might actually physically sense something different about that table because you're there compared to another table? I would challenge you, the next time you go out to a restaurant, walk in there and say, God, I'm on duty for you. And then ask him to speak to you as you just eat your dinner. That's, that's a little ridiculous, isn't it? Radical. Radical, ridiculous Dave. Let's turn to Luke 7. You want to have a good Bible study? Read the Gospels and read them from different perspectives. And I'm, I just, just as I've been studying this last week and meditating, I've read the Gospels and, and one time all I did was I just wrote down every miracle I saw happen. And I went through and I read Matthew and I read Mark and I was going through my notes because I put them on a little spreadsheet and I realized I haven't done it in Luke and John yet. So I'm going to look at the book of Luke and I'm going to read it in the next week or two and I'm going to write every miracle I see. And I want to see how Jesus interacted with people. It's very interesting. Luke chapter 7. Verse 7, therefore I did not, and this is talking about the, the centurion, and he, and he asked for a prayer for his, uh, he asked for healing for his servant, who was at sick at the point of death. And in verse 7, Jesus is on his way there, and, and the centurion says, I, I didn't want to presume for you to come, but say the word and let my servant be healed. Say the word. I thought healing required you to be touched. He just says, can you just say the word? I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. But he says, I understand authority. He says, and I got people under me, and if I say go, they go, and if I say come, they come. So he says, I recognize you, Jesus, as somebody who has authority, and if I can exercise it, I understand what it looks like with you, and I believe you can just speak to that disease or that illness and command it to be gone. You don't have to be right in front of its face. And he says that to Jesus, and Jesus responds, and he goes, wow, I haven't seen faith like this in Israel. And he says, go do it. And when those who had been there, in verse 10, returned to the house, they found the servant well. Anybody here expecting a miracle today? 
Do you think Jesus can do it? We have painted Jesus as a guy with a beard who sits at a long table with 12 other dudes and just has a last supper with them. But Jesus got involved in people's lives. The leper, according to the tradition of the day, was ceremoniously called unclean. He was not allowed to hang out with anybody else. You didn't go and touch a leper. So when Jesus came by, the leper sees him and he calls out. And and the leper actually, and this is amazing, it was the duty of the leper to cry out when people came around him saying, unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine how demoralizing that would be to hear yourself saying, unclean, unclean, I'm unclean, don't get around me, I'm unclean. That was the duty and the responsibility of the leper. People did not go to his house. They actually would check his house to see if it was contaminated. And if it was contaminated, they go seven days later, they check it again. And if it got worse, they actually tore the house down. They would burn their clothes. You didn't deal with a leper. And what happens is the leopard cries out and calls out. And what does Jesus do? Jesus goes to the leper. And he touches the leper. The God that you serve, the Jesus who died for you, is willing to break the rules in order to see you touched. He breaks the rules. He goes against tradition, and he doesn't follow tradition, but he sees the person in the need. And he says, no, they might say, I'm not allowed to do this, I'm not allowed to do that, but there's somebody here who's sick, who needs me. Their Sabbath was so strict If you read some of the rules of the Sabbath, you couldn't do this, you couldn't, do, you, you couldn't get out of your house. So what they did, and I might be a little bit incorrect in this, but what they did was they tied a string from one house across the street, and as long as they were within that string, they called it their house. And so that way they could go on a Sabbath day, they could walk from one house over across the street because they weren't allowed to do that on a Sabbath. But because there was a string, they now had twisted the rule and they were able to move. They weren't allowed to make ruts in the sand on the Sabbath. They had all these rules. And there's a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. Can you imagine being around Jesus? Thinking, I just want to mess with these people. I could have been here yesterday, but it's so much fun on the Sabbath. Because I'm not allowed to even lift my hand. I mean, I think it even had the effect of, of how they dressed and they couldn't unbutton or button. And it was all to do with you can't work on the Sabbath. So anything that required effort was 
nixed out of doing on the Sabbath. And what does he do? He breaks the rule. And we've put Jesus, God, in this box. And I think he's just wanting to get out of that box. And when he gets out of that box, he might do something that messes with what you think should be done. Can you imagine a service like this and somebody is in here and their heart is aching because they're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, not me or Pastor Daniel or Pastor Sean or anybody else, but the Holy Spirit is just convicting them and all of a sudden they just jump up and they say, what do I need to do to get saved? Halfway through a sermon. Just wait, I'll have the altar call later. Are we prepared to see some wild things happen outside the box, messing with the rules, getting our hands dirty, but seeing Jesus move? I like to preach, but I'd rather see souls get saved. And if somebody comes in and says, what do I need to get saved? Just declare it, confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart, and you're saved. And now let's get you baptized, because baptism is the real fun part. Salvation is almost a private decision, almost. It can be made anywhere, but baptism is like a public display of your life surrendered to Christ. Can you imagine we have to have the baptism tank here every Sunday because every Sunday somebody gets saved? Or if you happen to have a pool, you have to keep it heated because every, every week somebody's getting saved and they need to get saved and they need to get baptized? Can you imagine? I saw somebody in downtown Calgary, they had a little kiddie pool. You know, you inflate it and it's got the rubber or the nylon ring and there's about two or three wing rings and they filled this was in the courtyard of the Olympic Plaza in Calgary and they filled it with water and they actually had baptism there because people got touched and saved and they said well what stops you from getting saved let's get baptized and let's get filled with the Holy Spirit and in the matter of one afternoon they had over 12 people done and that was just in the last two weeks Two or three weeks. This wasn't 1978. This was 2017. Jesus is willing to get into your mess. He's not afraid of your mess. And a couple other verses here to read you. <laughs> this one's fun. Luke 7.36. Watch this attitude. There's a, there's a Pharisee. <laughs> and he asked Jesus to come to have dinner at his house. I mean, talk about a setup. And so Jesus goes to the Pharisee's house, 736, 
And he sits at the table in verse 17, and behold, a woman of the city. I love this. A woman of the city. That's code for a sinner. Possibly someone who has a bad reputation. They write it so nicely in the Bible. A woman of the city. Who was a sinner when she learned that he was reclining at the, ta- at the table in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing between him, behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. I mean, she didn't just have a little pity cry. She wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to this man himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is and who is touching him, for she is a sinner, like of all people. A sinner. And Jesus answering said to Simon, Simon, I have something to teach you. And he says, so say it, teacher. So Jesus gives him a parable. And at the end of that parable, in verse 48, and he says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? And he said to the women, your your woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus is willing to get into your mess. Some of you might have a mess that nobody else here knows about. Even the pastors don't know because pastors are supposed to know everything. But we don't even know it. Jesus is prepared to reach into that mess and to forgive you, to heal you, to cleanse you, to purify you, to make you whole. He's not afraid of that. This morning, we're going to go for healing. I'm going to ask God for physical healing, but I'm also asking God if you've got some mental issues or torment or something that is just causing you that you can't sleep at night, I believe Jesus can heal you of that. We've got a couple more verses, and then we're going to pray. Luke 9. This is where I told you, I don't think it's just for Jesus. Luke 9, verse 1, and he calls the 12 together, and he gave them power and authority. And this is before the cross, by the way, which is real interesting. Talk about messing with our theology of today. Before the cross, he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. We are to proclaim the kingdom of God and to see people healed. And I find this interesting, the kingdom of God. Jesus came and he took the kingdom and he said, this is what the kingdom looks like and he displayed it for all to see. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that's holy. So you and I represent a holy kingdom. The kingdom of God does not have sickness, disease, or illness in that kingdom. 
When Jesus came, if you read every account, I, I checked in Matthew and Mark, and I'm in my way in Luke, but I've read every time I've read it, I have not found a spot where Jesus could not, or it does not say Jesus healed some of them. Every time he healed, he healed them all. Even when he says a prophet's not allowed or accepted in his own country, and he says, and it says because of their unbelief, he did not do many miracles. He did not do many. And then it says he went out of the town and he healed them. We have a Jesus that can only do this, this, and this, but he can't do that. No, the Jesus I serve healed them all. I'm taking a step on a branch and it's getting thinner and thinner as I walk out. But I will hang on to that branch because he's the vine. And I am believing for the miraculous today. Standing in proxy for James. That's legit. I accept that. I see it in the Bible. Even if I didn't see it in the Bible, I believe it. The compassion of Christ. He sends out the 12 and he gives them the power. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He sent them out to heal. That messes with me because I've always been taught you've got to give credit to Jesus and definitely he gets the glory. But sometimes I think we don't do something because we don't think we're able to. But I have the ability to see somebody get healed. I'm going to mess with you. You can send me your theological theses. I probably won't read it. But I'll read this. I, everything we do is to bring him glory. Everything we do brings him glory. It's not what I get. It's what he gets. But I'm here to tell you that you have the ability to speak healing into people. And if you say, thus saith the Lord, or if you just say, God wants to heal you, and I'm here to be his agent, heal somebody. And then when they say, wow, that feels great, say, praise God. You're walking a plank, Pastor. You're walking a plank. Verse 10, on their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them aside and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Wow. What's amazing is right after this, they get hungry and the disciples don't know what to do. I find that comforting because sometimes we can have one moment of amazing ecstasy in the kingdom of God and a powerful move, and the next moment we're as dumb as a sack of nails. One day God can be moving, and the next day we look at something and we go, what do I do? So I'm glad that we see this in the Bible. It gives me great comfort. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. 
after he sends out the 12, in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says, And after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out ahead of him two by two. So if you do the math, that's 36 places into every town and place where he himself was about to go. 36 places God sends two by two. And it says in verse 9, his commission to them is heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick and say that the kingdom of God has come near to you. And in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he continues and he says, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The greatest message is the message of salvation. The greatest healing is of a life that is destitute and apart from God that receives the redemptive work of Christ and is healed of a broken condition and their sin is erased and now they're free and they have fellowship with him. But this morning as I've been sharing, I don't care what your mess is. I don't care how bad you screwed it up. I've done things, and the moment I've done them, all of a sudden I get this, like, my blood pressure just goes. I was like, what did I just do? I'm not here to, to pry into that. If you need a touch from God this morning, I believe he's here. And he is willing to reach his clean hands into your dirty mess and to touch you. And whether it's a physical healing, whether it's a spiritual healing salvation, whether it's a mental thing, whether it's depression, whether it's loneliness, whatever that is, if, the, if you right now, right now, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes, I'm just going to say right now, if you need a touch from God and you don't think He can even do it, I'm here to tell you, he can. And so right now, this morning, if any of you need a touch from God, whether it's a healing, salvation, whatever it is, I'm going to ask you to stand up and come forward and just make a line right here. And I'm just going to simply lay my hands on you and pray and believe that God would touch you. So if you need it, just come right now. Anybody who needs a touch from God, come forward and just, just line up right, right along the the stair. If you need salvation, if you need deliverance, if you've got a tormenting mind that seems just to be active when you go to rest, it is not too difficult for God. It's not too messy. And this morning, He wants to step into your chaos he wants to step into your mess. He wants to step into your trouble. He wants to step into your garbage and to heal you.
if I could just have you just step forward right up to the front. And if I can ask those of you that are here, I'm going to ask the pastoral teams, Pastor Sean and Ariana, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Winona, if you could come forward. And I'm just, we're just going to pray. And if you're sitting here, if I could just ask you just to stretch forth your hands to reach out. Amen. And just Pastor Sean and Pastor Ariana, if you want to start on that end and just lay your hands on them. That's all it takes. Laying your hands on them and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Daniel, if you're on this side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Just worship him right now. There's healing that is happening right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Stretch forth your hands. If there's someone in your life that needs healing, raise your hand and receive the healing for them. If there's somebody that you could stand in the gap, feel free to come forward. I want to pray and I want to I lay hands on you. And by the authority of the power of God that he has placed in me as a servant, I want to release what he has for you this morning. And I'm expecting a miracle to happen right now. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Let's just worship him. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. 
Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, your healing rain is falling. Your healing rain is falling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if any of you were here for physical healing, you can try it out and see how you're feeling. See if you're feeling any better. Amen. Be healed. Hallelujah. Be healed. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to continue praying, and I'm just going to pray and close the service. But those at the front, you can stay if you want to see more ministry. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God who cares about the situations I'm involved with, my physical, my emotional, my mental. And I thank you, Lord, that you step in and you reach in when everybody else is leaving. You reach in. And you are willing. So, Lord, I just ask right now for confirmation of your touch this morning on everyone here today. For miracles that we will hear. Testimonies of your goodness. Testimonies of your salvation, testimonies of your healing, testimonies of the goodness of God unleashed and let go from us to others. And that we would see people physically healed, that we would see people physically touched by the power of God and by our presence in their life. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. And everybody said... Amen. You may be dismissed. If you're at the front, we'll still minister with you.